Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Coach Steve Show. We got some college football to be talked about today. So if you're watching on YouTube, please, of course, hit the like button and the subscribe button. Uh, helps out the algorithm and gets the show out there. If you're listening to an audio form, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're listening to it on Apple, uh, please you know, rate it, give it a star review, uh, hopefully a five-star review, anything like that. Just take that time every day to do that for me, please, and thank you. be greatly appreciated. Um, you can now do that on Spotify as well, but I know it's much easier to do on Apple. So if you could do it on Apple, uh, please do that for me. Uh, welcome into the podcast. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Media Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, check out all the podcasts and blogs and everything there. Uh, there's something there for everybody, not just sports, just a whole type of media. That's why we're moving to the Belly Up Media Network. And the podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football. And it's back to the basics, books and drills, football coaches, we're always looking to get simple. We need some drills, and Coach Stone takes a lot of the work out of it. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and click on Back to the Basics Drill Manuals, you will never have to look up another drill again, I promise you. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. College football is in a weird spot right now. It's been in a weird spot for a couple of years. So we're going to discuss what could be happening in college football um, before we talk about that, Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, has announced he is going to be stepping down. He's going to be stepping down next year. Uh, he has decided enough is enough. He has been ridiculed, attacked, you know, non-caring people of America. Um, he will be stepping down no later than June of 2020. 
1923. Uh, he became uh, president of the University of Washington. Um, he was the University of Washington's president. He became the fifth NCAA president um, back in 2010. So he has he would have been here for 13 years when it's all said and done. Uh, he's been a part of a bunch of different things. But leadership has not been one of those things, and that's what we're going to talk about into this today. You've seen lack of leadership in college football for a long time, and it's been present here with name, image, likeness. I said NCAA sitting back and laughing because the big debate always is college footballers got to be played, they got to be played. And then uh, when you talk about paying college athletes, again, we talked about can the school afford to pay them? Uh, what's the revenue for NCAA? Can they? give money to each school and decide to pay players. Well, then Title IX comes into effect because women in sports, you know, how many male sports you have at your school, you're going to have to have the same opportunities for females. You have to have so many sports. And if you're talking about paying players, you're going to have to look into, you know, the women's sports as well, as you should, because the women's sports work hard at their sports, so there's real no... You know, distinguished there, but I have always said it comes down to which sport makes the money, and that's where this gray area becomes in paying players. NCAA has always said it's student athletes, so college sports are tied to academics. They're tied to the school through the academics, so they are student athletes, even though they bring in millions upon millions of dollars. If you're at the right school, I've talked about it before. It's like beating a dead horse. Your smaller Power Fives, your FCS-type schools, they don't make the money. They rely on student enrollment to make money. It's in their tuition. The more student ath- the more students you have on campus, the more money athletics get. Now, there's TV... De- <coughs> excuse me. There's TV deals. There's donations. There's fundraising. There's sponsorships. So money comes from other places. But your big-time power schools that win their conference championships, go on to the college football playoffs, these type of schools could afford to pay players. But I don't know if they could afford to pay everybody. Also, the debate comes in, well, if they have media contracts, could that money pay for it? The other argument, head football coaches make millions upon millions of dollars. Understandably so. You could use that money to pay players absolutely the talk there has been talk before and it's been brought up again of college football breaking away from the NCAA to get rid of their ties to academics because let's call it what it is a lot of athletes that go to play college football at your big time programs not all of them but some they're there to play football school is on the back burner So let's call it like it is. Amateurism has been thrown out the door for a while. NCAA and Mark Hamrad have held... (coughs) Excuse me, I've held on to this. They're amateurs. They're student-athletes. And that's because the school is tied to academics. So they're student-athletes. It's hard to get around that. The talk has now been... There's two things that could happen here. You're going to eventually start to see that schools are going to realize if we break away from the academics and brand ourselves, we can make money. So right now you're looking at two different possibilities. You're looking at the side of 
schools breaking away. Uh, for example, if you got Alabamas and Clemsons and Georgias and Ohio States, they say we want to break off and just make money off of branding the Ohio State name, the Alabama name. So if college football breaks off, you know, however legally they can do it after media terms, after, you know, contracts are up, we could brand that and make money and then decide now we can recruit, but we're getting people to come to the school through contracts. So now the player has a contract. They have endorsements also. So it really fully becomes a minor league system for the NFL, which is a crazy time to bring this up again when you have USFL and XFL starting to become relevant, starting to become a thing. Then you have the other side where the school says, we are academic through and through. This is an academic institution. They are here to get their degree. They're here to go to school, but they're playing sports to help go to school or play sports because they're good at it. And those would be your Stanford's types of schools that say we are always going to be academics because when you hear Stanford, you think of education. So that is where college football is now heading. It is heading towards chaos. This is a mess. College football right now is a mess. And you see people slowly getting out of coaching for two reasons. One, burnout. Uh, COVID kind of shown they want to spend more time with their families. But I also think in college football, they start to see where it's headed. With no leadership, this NAIL and transfer portal has run wild. It has been crazy. It is is all over the place. And with nobody making rules, this is just the Wild West out here, as we've all heard and said ourselves. This is what's going to happen with college football. Now, this talk has been brought up again that they will break apart and they will pretty much do their own thing. The Notre Dame athletic director has brought this up once again. <sighs> Notre Dame's uh, athletic director, Swarbrick, calls Division One breakup. He says it is inevitable, just like Thanos. It's inevitable. And he says there's no way around it. Um, college sports at the Division One level is inevitable. And puts potential target date on seismic changes. He thinks it's going to happen in the mid, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 2030s just because of TV deals and contracts um, with conferences that are up. Some are up right before uh, 2030 and some in the mid 2030s. He said there are so many schools trying to leave their current conferences, but they're handcuffed with these existing contracts. There's always been sort of spectrum, and I want to stress that everything along the spectrum is valid. It's not criticism. And here's what we talked about. He said on one end of the spectrum, you license the school name and run as an independent business that engaged in sports. The other end of the spectrum is you interrogated universities in terms of decisions making and requirements that follow that. So these are the schools that stay with our academic parts. And the other side says we're breaking away from it. We don't need that. He goes, I think both can produce great athletic competition, but it's really hard to get there given the their contractual obligations that already exist. <clears throat> Absent a national standard, which I don't see coming, I think is inevitable. Mid-30s would be the logical time. 
The Southeastern Conference media right deal runs through 2033 and 2034. Athletic Coast goes through 2035-36. The Big Ten is in negotiation window right now with Fox Sports positioned to be the major stakeholder. The Pac-12 and Big 12 are next on the clock. Should the should this time come, Notre Dame would be among those that's still tied to its athletics and educational mission of the school and answer to its present academic administration. Others could essentially be spun off while retaining the school name and branding. An example, not offered by him, is Oregon Duck Athletics Incorporated. So schools now could branch off and be called Oregon Ducks Athletics Incorporated. Where the 130 schools fall along that spectrum would be up to individual institutional choices. The expectation is that the Big Ten SEC will continue to have the rest of the Power Five conferences behind in terms of revenue. The widening gap will place more stress on the current landscape, leading some schools to move away from their existing conference affiliations and possibly leading some schools to boot longtime members that don't bring in that much revenue. We're going to have these two conferences that have so distanced themselves from anyone else financially, Swarbrick said. That's where I see it starting to break down. There are so many schools trying to get out of their current conferences, and they can't get there. Um, so this just continues. Um, you know, one of them said uh, with the college football playoff meeting, he decided the single most oddest thing I've ever been a part of. Swarbrick specifically pushed back the notion um, that the playoff expansion as a means to drawing Texas Oklahoma to its league. And we just continue, it continues on. Um, my goal here is to steer this into a safe harbor that many um, that may be a pipe dream, especially take the word safe out of it. I'd like to take a real shot at trying to facilitate something people will at least consider nationally. If we can make any progress, I hate to leave without trying. So he's trying to be a part of this new athletic director coming in talking about this. Um. Does Warwick see NCAA enforcement having any chance of reigning in it? No, I'd hate to be so pessimistic, but it's been a lot of years of not seeing them have any, he said. I could see a lot of rules, compliance, and enforcement being transferred into the conferences. Um, and they continue to talk about this um, with NAIL. They talk about Title IX um, and continues on and on. And it's funny this gets brought up because an article was written back in 2020 about this thing, talking about college football and college athletics, but mainly college football breaking away from the NCAA. Um, and what's talked about here is that the article written back December 3rd um, of 2020, College Sports Watchdog believes FBS college football teams should break away from the NCAA. Um, the Knight Commission on Thursday recommended separating major college football and the college football playoffs from the NCAA as part of a sweeping reform to college athletics. The new football en entity would be called the National College Football Association, the NCFA. Made up of 130 current football bowl subdivision schools, would be funded by the college football playoff. The new group would manage all issues related to education, health, safety, litigation, eligibility, enforcement, and revenue distribution in major college football. Um, the governance structure has been broken, said Knight Commission and co-chair um, Arnie Duncan, the former Secretary of Education under President Barack Obama. It's been disproportionately controlled by those with a small interest and in not looking out for every athlete in sport. A so-called breakaway for the NCAA by the major 
football playing schools has long been speculated while there is increasing criticism and lack of faith in NCAA from members, especially during the pandemic. No such move seems intimate. However, major college sports are reaching a tipping point. The NCAA is defending multiple lawsuits attacking the amateurism model while trying to implement athletes' name, image, likeness, rights, which we now have from uh, government, athlete empowerment on the rise. The association and schools are increasingly going to the federal government for help and protecting the status quo. So this was written in 2020, obviously, and then the NIL came from government talking about how they need to make image and likeness. Specifically, the commission says the NCAA is on the hook for FBS expenses and enforcement, catastrophic insurance, legal services, health and safety administration without sharing in college football riches. The college football playoff gets approximately $475 million per year in media rights revenue from ESPN. More than 80% of that money goes to the Power Five. The NCAA deserves more than or derives over 80% of its annual revenue from the NCAA one. Uh, Division One men's basketball tournament. The new model would recognize NCAA governance around basketball. Um, all Division One schools have one thing in common: they all offer the sport of basketball. That is the only sport 100% of the members offer. That also funds most of the NCAA operations and revenue. In theory, then NCFA could raise scholarship limits beyond the current 85 and relax current NCAA um, enforcement standards. What we're trying to recommend here is not the wild, wild west, says Commissioner Member uh, McLennan, Director of Player Engagement for the Los Angeles Rams. What we see an opportunity for the better alignment. The, the CFP operates outside of the NCAA. Power 5 sits at the fridge of the NCAA for better or worse. So this has been talked about. So right now, college football, it, it is at a tipping point. We talked about in 2020, and here in 2022, going into 2023, we are at a tipping point in college football. There are so many loopholes. There are so many things talked about. And what's crazy is the NCAA is not in control. They have not been in control. Who is in control? Commissioners and media rights. Those type of people are in control of what's going on. And where this big money comes from, where we talked about another episode on this podcast where Dabo Swinney is quoted, they did not set the market for you know football coaches making this type of money that they are making. Now, is every single type of Power 5 coach making this type of money? No, they are making good money. But I think overall you look at, okay, are we talking about just Power 5 conference teams? Are we talking about overall all Division 1 schools because if you take all division one schools there are some coaches out there that probably make less than a million dollars but they're still making money again we're focusing on power five teams now every single power five team or teams in these power five conferences do they all make the same money you can't tell me that vanderbilt they do get money from the sec but you can't not tell me they're on the alabama level or the georgia level you can't tell me that a Rutgers is on the same page and upwardsness of Ohio State and Michigan and these type of things. So right now, college football, it's in a weird spot. And when you read into this and listen to other people talk about what's going on, the reason why I think we're not seeing a college football playoff expansion is because they know this is what's down the line. That it's possible that they're going to break away and they're going to have college football teams brand themselves and they're going to be off on their own. This is the point where that's what they need to be focusing on. Because I lean more towards on the side of academics if they're able to make money off their name, image, and likeness. To never stop a kid from making money. 
But you also have to see the other side where kids don't want to go to school for academics. They want to go to school to play sports. So this is where college football is headed. And I've talked about this many of times. If they're going to make money off their name, image, likeness, they deserve to. They deserve to make this money. But we need rules and regulations because also what has caused this? The transfer portal. We are now seeing free agency in college football. But another thing that we need to talk about is the transfer portal has also hurt some of these athletes. The transfer portal, a lot of kids and a lot of athletes enter this and they never find a home. They don't. There's not that many scholarships out there. But this has run wild. And there's no regulation. NCAA sits there and laughs and watches and says, you want to pay players, this is what's going to happen. But when people don't have things clamping down on this transfer portal, kids are going to go. I think they have the right to go in the transfer portal, but I think there needs to be rules and regulations like we talked about. I saw these numbers. In 2021, transfer portal numbers in the spring, there was 1,074 student athletes. They have entered the transfer portal. 299 have received scholarships, which is 28%, which means 72% don't have a home. So there's a ton of athletes sitting there. So a couple things. This transfer portal is running wild. When you just let kids enter left and right, this is what's going to happen. I think you have to be at your current institution for a couple of years before you leave. But I also think this should be for college football coaches. They take a job. I think they have to be there for two or three years before they decide to leave, which is tough because if a jo- dream job of theirs opens up and they get talked about, or they get interviewed saying, I want to leave. Well, then I think they should, there should be a huge, the school shouldn't owe them any more money. So these are just problems that college football have in general. But when you don't have anything controlling the transfer portal, you have nothing controlling NAIL. Now you're talking about, well, because now we can see about how much money they bring in. Because of people, what people don't want to talk about is the reason why a lot of these schools that get a lot of money that have the best facilities. It's because of it's because of athletics. If their basketball team does really well and they get this revenue from basketball, the school gets money. They can have computers. They can get libraries. They can get new buildings built. When Alabama makes the playoffs each year and year in year out, they get this media contract. That money that comes in, they get their weight room. They can pay their nutritionists, their coaches. Nick Saban can get his money that he well deserves. They get their athletic buildings built. But then guess what? In the athletic office, there's money. They can build other things for academics. But if Alabama decides, hey, we're going to go off and brand ourselves, now they're more negotiation. They're not controlled by their conference. They can go off and brand. But this is where it's going to be bad for overall college football because you're not going to see eye to eye. So things have to be addressed. And according to Swarbrick, there's no leadership. And we've known there's no leadership for a while. But it's been proven that the NCAA cannot control all of this. And that Emirate is not in control because there is no leadership. They need somebody there for leadership. But it's been proven NCAA cannot control this. But there has to be a way to control major sports and them able to make money off of themselves. So that college football team should be able to make money for themselves and their program, and they use that money for for players. But it's going to break away from traditional college football. I mean, the way it's going, 
a lot of people aren't going to be fans because what tends to happen with, you know, commissioners when you look at ownership, and it falls into the same thing with coaching. And coaching, one of the worst things you hear, this is the way we've always done it, and so they continue that way. And you see that kind of similar thinking with commissioners and owners when you want to get to the professional level. Fans will always be there. They are going to buy tickets. They are going to watch it on TV. I wouldn't be so sure. If teams break away, are you sure fans are going to follow this this format? Because I think one thing that people like is the academic side because they're proud of their student athletes and you respect that they're going to class and they're playing sports and they're doing this. But we also have to recognize there's that other side of they're not here to go to school. They could care less about going to school. They're there to play football. They're there to play basketball. And a way, this is a way for them, I'm going to say it, break away from Title IX. Because if you compare at Alabama, college football at Alabama, the Crimson Tide, and compare to one of their women's athletes, you know, their teams, no offense to them, which is making more money? That's always been the thing of, well, what you do to, with the with the men's side, you have to do with the women, which I support. Because women's athletics is still huge. It's a huge thing. But that's why you see just college football breaking away. It's college basketball. Now we're opening up another door where college basketball may break away. These are things that need to be discussed, but when there's no leadership, it's going to start spiraling out of control. When you don't have commission, I, I think every commissioner is good except for the Big Ten. But when you look at revenue, Big Ten and the SEC lead the way. And projected into 2030, they're projected to be way above the rest of the conferences. No wonder why you're seeing Texas and Oklahoma want to jump into the SEC. No wonder when Big Ten let Rutgers come in for that TV part of New Jersey. But Rutgers wanted to be in the Big Ten for that type of money. No wonder why you saw Nebraska jump into the Big Ten because of the Big Ten network where this money is going to eventually lead up. Money is the name of the game. Money talks. And this is spiraling where you're going to see teams decide when they can break away from their conference, if we can get it legally done and brand ourselves, this is where we're going to go. And and who knows how this will work. Can they play the college teams? Are they just going to break away and go to the XFL? Are they just going to create their own minor league system to go into the NFL? Because that's what some of these Power Fives have become. Teams, not a whole conference, but these teams have become. College football is spiraling right now because we don't have the leadership. We need leadership to help guide this. We need these TV executives and these commissioners to start talking and push this in a way where we all can be, it can all go smoothly. And this is why we've all been wondering why college football playoffs have not been expanded because of how easy it could become talking about scheduling conflicts, talking about other things. I think this is why that conversation has not been pushed in the direction we want to see it. I honestly think this is why, because they can see this happening and nobody's doing a damn thing about it. We need leadership there to stop college football from starting to break into two or three different ways and figure out paying players, figuring out conferences, and figuring out all this money distribution and figuring out TV deals and figuring out everything else. 
we need leadership to save college football. Um, so wrapping up that episode, I love talking college football. Again, go like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you want bonus episode content, because eventually I'm going to try to slide that way because I want this to grow, but I need support from any fans out there that can afford and help to do so. And try, I'll try to get back. So go to patreon.com, the coach Steve show. Um, there are different tiers that you can join and that, Support will go back, you know, to do live Q and A's, to maybe do live Q and A's with guests, put you into raffles to get merch and get shout outs on the podcast and be a part of it. So please go do that. That's where it's going to go. Um, so if you want, if you like these episodes and you want bonus ones, that's where it's going to go. But you are still going to get free ones, but there are bonus ones. Then eventually where we'll do episodes and then for the rest of the episode, you have to go, you know, be a part of that. So um, the patreon.com, the coach Steve show, um, go check that out. But on the YouTube side, please hit the like button, the subscribe button. If we can grow that enough, the Patreon, we know, we'll, you know, we'll discuss that, but like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, you know, the audio side, please follow and rate all that good stuff. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Um, again, leave comments to be a part of it and everything else. Um, so this is Coach Steve, new episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.